irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. And I want to thank you all, as I love to do first thing each week, I really wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you listening. So thank you so much for subscribing on all of the platforms that you can find podcasts and sharing this show. I've especially enjoyed the emails I've received lately about people giving me feedback, enjoying the show, loving the content and my guests, and even asking about being a guest. So please continue doing that. Lisa at NOLA Therapy is my email. And my website, NOLA Therapy, has a lot of information if you are looking to work with an intuitive practitioner wherever you live. I do sessions worldwide through Skype. I have offices in New Orleans and Los Angeles, brick and mortars, and I do phone and FaceTime sessions as well. So I would love to work with you in that way. And the theme of my show is changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And my guest today is a woman who is doing that in a very unique way. And moments will be with Jane Stoller, She is a Swiss-Canadian and an organizational guru. She's a speaker, a university instructor at Vancouver Island University. Today, we're going to discuss her book that she wrote. It is titled, Organizing for Your Lifestyle, Adaptable Inspirations from Socks to Suitcases. And Jane is someone who is actually living her passion. She travels the world working with clients, both individual clients and large corporations, and she teaches them, helps them to declutter their spaces and also organize their business processes. For myself as a psychotherapist inhabiting more of the psychological space in my work, I think what Jane does really helps us to do to gain mental clarity, emotional clarity by clearing our physical spaces. It does wonders for the body to just be able to relax and know that you have things in their place. I believe that our physical space reflects our internal space. So we're going to talk to Jane more about that in just a little bit. And she offers on her website, if you want to check that out while we're talking, it is organizedjane.com. She offers quite a few services. She has a four-week online coaching program to help you transform your mindset around organization. She does project-based consulting. She does one-on-one coaching, offers a monthly newsletter, and she has a really beautiful YouTube channel that I subscribed to last night. Also, I have been working really hard on my YouTube channel. I would love for you to visit it. I post shows and occasional videos just talking about what's going on. And my channel is NOLA Therapy as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, NOLA Therapy. So, Jane, I just want to welcome you and taking your time out today to be with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. How are you today? 
Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. So where do you want to start? I know I thought is had a lot of experiences reading your book, connecting with the significance of physical space relating to emotional space. So wherever you want to begin. Yeah, well, the first chapter of my book is actually titled The Science Behind Organizing. So I like to look at it as a holistic approach, but the first step is really understanding and getting motivated to get organized. So the first chapter is all about the research behind how being organized can actually help improve all facets of your life, from your health, both your uh, physical health, your mental health, you know, maybe it's efficiency in your business, perhaps um, there's lots of areas that organizing can help. So I really believe that's the first step to get people motivated to start to Everybody wants to get more organized, but sometimes we just need that motivation. Yes. So how, when you work with clients, do you help them motivate? I know I just shared with you before we came live that in reading your book, I I at first thought, oh, this book, you know, this will be interesting to read. However, I'm really organized. So not knowing that it would really compel me to clean out my two junk drawers that I shared with you, (laughs) I have had for 13 years and everything else is really Mm -hmm. organized, but those drawers. And I realize I'm not going to use these old cords from a electronics I don't even own anymore from 13 years ago and how good that felt. So how do you work with people, both those of us that might be organized as it is and those people that kind of feel overwhelmed to even start the process? Yeah, it's it's a good um, question. And when I work with clients or even in my book, I kind of go through a step-by-step process with everybody. And the first step is really assessing where you are in your lifestyle and, and looking at your lifestyle goals. And then going from there, in, in terms of a lot of people are looking to, you know, whether it's start a side hustle or whether it's just have more time with their family, that can relate back to being organized. So for yourself, maybe that junk drawer was also, you've been thinking about it or put it's been accumulating so you didn't even want to tackle it. So that yeah. overwhelm was, daunt- was a bit daunting. So I really try and sit down and understand clients' needs and, and where they're coming from and what their issues, um, what their, perhaps their issues are where they'd like to save time. I like that. So you're approaching it first from their mindset, what even some of their limiting beliefs might be around, you know, whatever they're living in that they're coming to you for help with. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and a lot of times everybody says, Oh, I wish I could be more organized, but I don't have time or, Oh, I wish I had more time or I wish I could do this more efficiently. So just in terms of um, chatting and I have a few exercises that I go through um, clients with to help bring out that deeper meaning of what it really means to them to get more organized and what's really important to them in their life because I believe organizing affects every part of your life and I want to help people get organized so they don't think about it anymore so it's just an automatic part of their routine you know speaking of time you've mentioned that word a couple of times already there was an interview I watched that that you gave and it was an interesting fact that you shared I'm going to just going off my memory around the closet and how people uh-huh. can actually lose 30 minutes a day because of an unorganized closet. Can you relay that information in the way that you shared it? I thought that was interesting because that's a lot of time oh. to waste. Oh, it's a lot of time. And even going a step further, like that's actually one of the first steps I take all men and women clients through corporate and resident and individual home clients, because I say the closet is the first thing you see in the morning. And it's the first after you make your bed, of course, but it's, um, it really sets the tone for the day. This is where you start to either lose or gain time already. So I say that's why it's kind of closets are my trademark and it's my first step. 
And I also say that it's, um, especially for women, we spend a lot of time worrying about what we're going to wear, what we're going to look like. So the closet is really already, like I mentioned, setting the tone for that. And going back, you said 30 minutes a day. I say even just 10 minutes a day, a lot of people could be losing. And that mm. is 60, that's 60 hours we're losing in a year. That's 2.5 days. And when I ask people if they'd like 60 more hours in a year, everybody says yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was interesting. You know, what's also interesting to me is your personal story that brought you to write this book. I I loved just the introduction, maybe the second page of the book where you talked about as a as a little girl trying to organize your cats. I have cats, so <laughs> it just made me laugh out loud. <laughs> I know. You know, the book is kind of I'm uh, I'm a pretty informal person, so I I think it's a pretty you know interest. It's it's really about my life story. And I wrote this originally for my friends and family because everybody kept asking me for my tips. So I thought I can't be ever at once. So I'll put it in a book. But I really thought I needed to share where it came from. And I I grew up on a dairy farm in rural Canada, and um, at, at the age of six I started organizing things, including my cats by like size or by color, and they would never stay put. And that was my biggest challenge, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I went on from organizing everything um, around me and, and helping even, you know, teachers and kids get organized. And really, they say I've done a lot of research about the science behind organizing. And, and they say um, there's a few articles written by, the, uh, by Cornell, some professors there, that age six is really psychologically when people are already beginning to form if they're organized or disorganized. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting fact. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then... And then your your earlier career was with one of the largest cement companies in the world. Yeah, so I, I um, when I completed my MBA, I actually wanted to start this organizing business, but I I had everything in place, and I was intellectually I was prepared, but emotionally I was very scared to market myself. Um, mm-hmm. So my business failed, and and I went um, I had a really successful career for over a decade in the in the construction industry. And even then, that's where I really continued to hone my organizing skills because I worked a lot on operations and then in project management overseas. And in, in that, all of my time was really spent organizing um, you know, businesses there and people and my projects. So I also helped develop my, my signature four-step process during that time as well. And I'm thinking that experience that you had probably helps you now work with corporate clients and and large companies since you know what is needed in that space. Yes, 100%. Because, uh, you know, being organized can really, everybody can, can, um, can be benefited from this, especially large corporations. And I did a lot of work on productivity and consulting on, you know, business processes to make them more efficient. So, Working with these large corporations, I now have that experience, and I can I can pretty um, uh, easily help. You know, just even with small little tips and tricks, not not only for their employees, but their for their entire processes. Yes, and actually, your book, Organizing for Your Lifestyle, is filled with tips and tricks, like really practical, which I like. Will you share with us some of your favorite, and even some of the favorites of your readers and clients? Yep. So um, I tried to make it as practical as, as possible and a quick kind of easy read. So and so people could actually incorporate it into their lifestyle. So one thing that I wanted to, to do with the book is inspire, not tell people how to do things, but just inspire them. And a few tips that I have, the biggest one is really the closet. I say, yeah, 
even even if you can start with that, and a lot of people are so overwhelmed, but start small. Maybe it's you know tackling a few categories, or maybe it's just shirts, or assessing your space, or decluttering. Ten minutes a day just to kind of start that process. Um, within a month, you should be able to have more of a streamlined approach to it, and then you'll start saving ten minutes a day or more. So that's my biggest tip. Yeah. Um, and from and from there, I have lots of other tips about the closet. I also have a lot of tips on travel because um, a lot yes. of us are traveling, yeah, are traveling a lot for work and for pleasure. And, you know, we need to be more efficient, and especially um, with, when there's chaos with airlines or whatever happens. We want to be a streamlined traveler so we don't lose any time. And if we are, we, if we, um, you know, we can, we can benefit from that. So there's a lot of tips and tricks on that. One of my biggest one is travel with a carry-on and make sure you always kind of pack ahead of time. I would carry a, a luggage scale that I'm going to be um, selling on my website soon. That is one of the key things because especially in a lot of the American um, carriers, there's weight restrictions. So you don't want to be right. one of those people stuck in line, unpacking your bag or repacking. It's just not a, not an efficient way to spend your, your vacation or, or travel time. No. And, you know, I like what you just shared a moment ago about encouraging people to begin with 10 minutes a day, because I think that builds a momentum that once we mm-hmm. start to clear out the closet, for example, or a a junk drawer, that it starts to feel, I think it feels better than what we expect it to. We expect it to be a drudgery, but it starts to feel, I think, exciting and, and self-reinforcing. Yes, that's exactly what um what i hope it does because again that 10 minutes a day either at the end of your day the beginning of your day if you focus on organizing something that you know is is causing you to either stress about or lose time that's where um you start small and if you do feel better you have that momentum to keep going and also in my book i say just like we do with health and fitness we always tell people we have this goal we want to be held accountable why not do that with organizing? Tell your friends, tell your family, say, I have this goal for this room or this, um, you know, this process and, and be held accountable for that. Yes, absolutely. And, and a secondary piece of getting organized in the way that you laid it out in the book that I really enjoy donating things that I don't mm-hmm. use anymore. And in New Orleans, I have a favorite place to donate to. And in Los Angeles, I do as well. And when I was younger, growing up in college, I bought so many clothes and things from secondhand stores that I like now being able to give the things I don't need back to somebody, you know, what I don't need could be a treasure to someone else. So mm-hmm. I encourage clients as well to to donate and really feel like you're a part of that circle of, of contributing and giving and how I find that to feel really meaningful and positive. Oh, of course. And especially in like in North America, we're a consumerist society. We're always yeah. buying. So um, that can lead to a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that we're not using, and it could be better. I always say when you're decluttering, you need to make a decision about what's a practical necessity and what's just an emotional one, and really mm. think about it. Could could somebody else use that? And if so, why are you holding on to it? And that usually helps people kind of get rid of some things that they're not using. Okay, the emotional component causes me to think of a question to ask you. One of the things I've had a hard time parting with are, say, old T-shirts of mm-hmm. that have a sentimental value how do I, i'm pretty sure i'm probably not the only person that might have some sentimental pieces of clothing <laughs> how do you help people with that yeah i know there's um i d- never would say you know get rid of anything sentimental of course you have to evaluate your space how much 
you know, if you have an attic full of only sentimental boxes and you can never mm. possibly look at them all, you have too much. Yeah. But I always encourage people to have boxes with sentimental items. They should be labeled. They should be accessible so you can look at them. And they need to be organized in that space so you can find them and, and they can bring you some um, some happiness when you can actually find them and look at them. If you If they're stuffed in an attic and you'll never see them, you don't even know you have them, that's when it becomes a problem. But again, it's perfectly okay to keep sentimental items. They just have to be organized properly. Actually, Jane, I like that that guideline because I'm even thinking I might have a box too many of, of sentimental things mm-hmm. I haven't looked at. So even to go through yeah. and maybe have those smiles and memories and then and then you know get rid of those things because like you yeah. said that that resonates with me. If it's too many, you're never going to go through. Then then exactly. that is too much. Exactly, and we we want to be able to appreciate the things that really do are sentimental. And not um, not just have boxes of pretty labeled boxes that we're never going to look at or what's inside. Absolutely. You know, I mm-hmm. found a client shared with me, and I don't know if this is a company you know about, but you can take your T-shirts and say cut out the panel that you like, and then you send them all these pieces, and they make a quilt for you of whatever I've never size. Never heard of that, but that's yeah. wonderful. So I huh. thought that could be a cool way to get rid of. Uh, the t-shirts for example from old concerts and such that we're not going to wear but turn it into something that we might use like a throw blanket a quilt etc yeah no, that's that's a super idea and, and there's a lot of different companies spurring up to help us deal with some of these and and um then you could perhaps hang that quilt up or use it and you'd get much more um happiness out of that than just having t-shirts in your attic which you'd never look at absolutely so I'm curious to know more about what your life is like now. You travel a lot. Can you tell our listeners about just about what it is that your day, your weekly life is like and all that you're doing? You have a lot of things going on. <laughs> I do. So I have to be super organized. But um, I do, you know, I'm, I'm working on a second book. I'm also, you know, coaching with clients. I do a lot of speaking engagements. And you know, constantly on my you know, my YouTube, uh, creating content for my followers and listen and and listeners. So it's it's important that I kind of keep an organized schedule to that. And I, I try and really you know batch a lot of my content and make sure that I my I have key days where I work on let's say social content, key days where I work on writing, and then key days where I leave open for client meetings and calls. So I try and really uh, take my own advice and and chunk my time into to batching and and do and keep as efficient as possible. But again, um, I do get a lot of times something comes out of the blue or, or a call or a client that needs something immediately, and then I have to be available. So that's where being organized can really help also dealing with change. So I think like a lot of entrepreneurs or, or, or coaches out there, we have a very similar lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But uh, being organized definitely helps me to take advantage of last, to take advantage of you know changes that might happen, and also just also keep my own balance and. Um, you know, stay healthy as well in the meantime. Well, I wanted I wanted to ask you about that because you have you also have a startup, Fidelium Tech, which I was just reading about is really interesting with this yep. type of gaming, the crossover gaming that you trademarked. How do you how do you keep yourself in balance? Because I think a lot of my listeners are people who are busy as well. And how mm-hmm. do you help manage the various aspects of your life and wanting to have a, a rich personal life yeah so yeah I also do have a a startup in the construction industry it's a a video game for um, the construction industry it's a nice mix because it's it's starting with uh, residential remodels and it's 
real world construction design. So it fits very well into my organizing platform too, but yeah. um, it, it's more on my construction experience. And again, it's quite busy, but um, a lot of us, and this is, you know, this organizing business started as a side hustle, but now it's also a full-time business. So I do have two full-time businesses, but it's, uh, yeah. you know, I really, and I have business partners in my, my startup and we, um, we all understand, you know, what our roles are. And again, I really try and stick to a schedule with um, what I need to do for my tech business. I schedule on certain days. I chunk it out. I use my time cube, which I'm obsessed with. Because what I, is that? I just, it's, um, actually, I'm going to be selling shortly on my website. But it's, uh, it's a time cube. It's very similar to like a kitchen timer or it's a cube that you can put in a chunk of time for 15, 30, or 60 minutes. Okay. And, and with that, I... Um, if I'm going to be doing work on, you know, for a client, I put a time cube in front of me. I say, I'm only doing this for 60 minutes. I shut off all my other distractions and I work okay. on that. I stay focused because it says if you get an email or you have to redo or start a new task, it's already 20 minutes wasted. So I really try and just stay focused. My calendar is very, um, it's quite managed, but I do leave open space for creativity. And I also make sure I do schedule in personal time and my workouts and I don't miss those. So it's important that, um, that I don't say, Oh, I'm too busy. I can't go to the gym today or I can't have this personal because then I would, I would get burnt out. So I just encourage all busy entrepreneurs, which they all are to, to, to to find a system to, if you can really maximize your time, I, those time cubes, um, are, have really changed my life and I really try and stay focused because we're totally distracted today. And those distractions can really end up costing us hours. You know, that is so important what you're saying because there are so many distractions. And unless we choose to turn them off, Mm -hmm. even with my phone, just with the ringer on, I feel distracted even if it's not ringing because I know at some Mm -hmm. point a text will beep, something will come through. So I've started to put my phone on silent and and then I can start to really focus. So I really like your Mm -hmm. time cube idea which is an additional layer so you're not using your phone as a timer you're using something separate from your personal electronics exactly and for some reason like when you flip it over and let's say it's a 60 minute and it's a red light blinking for some reason when that cube is staring at me (laughs) I just feel like I'm 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 held so accountable to it it's a really funny it's a psychological thing perhaps but I really do focus yeah I like that Mm -hmm. so Let's take a a quick break right now and then come back because I don't want to ask you a big question and then have to have to interrupt it. Okay, we'll be (laughs) right back. You all in about a minute. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, for you, the listener of all things therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy. Do you want to help yourself and friends find a purpose in life? Then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Tahir as she initiates a one-on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression. 
passion and in all make the world a better place for everyone Welcome back to All Things Therapy. I am Lisa Tahir, your host, and today I am with Jane Stoller. She is the author of Organizing for Your Lifestyle, Adaptable Inspirations from Socks to Suitcases. So Jane, one of the things you mentioned earlier on today in our interview is that you you had a, a big corporate job, though you had ideas about starting your own business, but I'm sensing didn't feel like you were ready to do that at that time. And and so I wonder if you could talk to those of, of our listeners who desire to start their own business and maybe quit what they're doing entirely and, and the fear and just the confidence. Can you speak to us about that and your journey? Yeah, yes, of course. It was, um, it took, it's even taken me a while to speak about it because I was really, you know, I left my corporate job. I was a uh, terrified. I, I was even I was even scared to change my LinkedIn profile because I was very mm. I had this idea that I had to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, you know, you get an MBA, you climb the ladder, you become a VP and that's what I should be doing. So I don't know if society had me in that block, but I was just very scared to let's say tell the world that I was starting this fluffy organizing business. And what I thought was fluffy, but it's actually the opposite and a lot of corporations and people benefit from it. So I always tell people if, if you have a passion that, you know, if it's a side hustle, you want to make it a business, if you want to do it full time, you know, never discount its value because it's worthwhile and it will be worthwhile to probably a lot of people. So I, I you know, I encourage people to follow that. Of course, you need to put a plan together. And I had to hire a, a personal branding coach to help me get over my fears. Okay. And so um, I did that, yeah, probably two years ago now, and it really changed my life. And I think coaches and, and being able to invest in yourself and being able to discuss your fears openly are, um, are, are what's needed. And now I'm so proud of what I've built and to share it and, and to help other entrepreneurs kind of if, if they have similar fears about self-marketing. Yes. And so you wrote this book in 2016, I believe. Mm-hmm. Correct. Did you write yeah. the book and put it out while you were still working your your primary job, and then gradually, um, you know, go out on your own? How did you manage that actual transition? Yep. Yeah. So I wrote the book um, when I was still working, and I wrote it again because I thought, oh, it's for my friends and family, and then it ended up getting a lot of attention and recognition, and people were asking, and I was starting to get a few jobs, and then um, the the worst thing that I did was really I, I told. I didn't utilize my corporate network. I should have done that more because a lot of people valued the ideas in the book and they wanted help on organizing. So you really should, a lot of times your, your day job will appreciate your side business well because it's a skill that is hopefully can be transferable or help that business as well. So um, I didn't actually market it to its full potential until I officially left and then, and then started Organized Jane. But uh, I would encourage people if they have a side business, be honest with it as well and and um, it can usually help your day job as well, depending on what it is. But if it's a, a tangible skill, which most are, they can be applied in many places. But I did write it while I was still working for uh, my corporate job. Jane, I think that's a great piece of feedback to even share what you're working on on the side with others already in your network. Because I think often we might feel like we have to do that in secret and then launch it when it's fully complete instead of maybe sharing aspects of it as we're developing and yeah, our and our a, new way of working. Exactly. It's probably the biggest mistake that I had I've made. And um 
going back, if I look back and if I could give any advice to anybody else starting, I'd say it's, it's important to share that information. And you know what, a lot of us, um, we, you know, there's 24 hours in a day and a working day is, you know, can be eight to 12 hours depending on your corporate job, but you still have a lot of those skills in your passion that probably could be used in your day job. And you still, your employers are usually happy if you're working on something productive and that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, I'm so glad you did it. I'm so glad you finally took that step to oh, yeah, just like too. do it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had worked as a social worker in New Orleans for a company, and I am also an artist, a glass artist. And I rem- remember that this is going back to, say, 2004. I had my first opportunity to do a big art show, and I needed to reduce my work hours to build the show, and the new mm-hmm. executive director wouldn't allow it. And I remember I was mm-hmm. at a crossroads, like, uh, and I decided to – to leave and start a private practice part-time and work for a friend who hired social workers and then work part-time for a hospital. And I never imagined that I would quit what felt so comfortable to start piecing together um, because I really wanted to build the show and, and build the best art show that I could. And it, that takes mm-hmm. time. And I'm so grateful now that that man said no, because I, I would have stayed at that job and never branched out into having offices in two cities now and a book coming out. Wow. And I have a U.S. patent on an invention to help people with disabilities blow and cast glass. And I feel like kind of being kicked out of that nest, you know, forced me to look at what I really want to create in this world and then start doing it. Yep. Yeah, you're exactly right. And sometimes it does take that, that force as well. So it's, um, it, it, it's interesting. And for myself, the, the, the turning point for me was as well, it was, I was going to have to be moved again to another, I was in Europe at the time in Switzerland and my, they were going to move me to France and I had been moving and traveling so much of the time. And sometimes you just get tired as well. And you're ready to really give something a full, give your passion a full-time focus. And that's okay too. Absolutely. Just How like has it worked? Case. Thank you. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. curious for you living. You also have more than one home. It sounded like from when I was reading your book, how do you manage that? The travel and maintaining other, other living spaces. Yes. That's a, um, you know, it's always actually been a dream of mine to have to live in different places, even yeah. though I'm scared of flying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite funny. But, you know, that's even more of a reason to be more organized. And especially with my closet, I have an app where I have all my clothes in, in, in different locations on it. And I'm really diligent about this. So I don't have to, you know, I know what's in each location. I also make sure I take photos of the items in each home so that I don't have to, if, you know, if something is missing or if I need to replace something or to know what's there. So I'm not always lugging stuff back and forth. So I think it's just important if you have multiple or vacation homes or whatever you may rent out that you know what's there so that um, you're not constantly bringing too much or or don't have enough. I would totally say yes to that. I have two residences, New Orleans and Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. for my main pieces of clothing, for example, certain jeans I like, I have duplicate sets so I don't have to fly with a lot of clothing unless it's a special outfit but I started Mm -hmm. to get confused do I have an iPhone cord there what you know do I have and I I was flying with duplicate power sources and and so I find it found it helpful to make a list I like your picture idea as well Mm -hmm. that's not something I've done so that we're just more organized and not duplicating and feeling stress over carrying extra things 
Yeah, and usually the point of a second home is to bring you joy and you right, want to right. enjoy it and not spend the whole time, you know, shopping for things you forgot or, or packing and repacking. So it does take time, of course, to get that system organized. But um, if you once you have that in place and you can, you know, an app or pictures or a list, that can certainly help. Absolutely. So I wondered if you could also talk to us about what you offer, your online coaching program, your one-on-one coaching, project-based consulting, like about these various ways that you work with people and corporations specifically in case someone listening wants to reach out and, and sign up for your course, for example. Yep. So I offer, um, cause I can't be everywhere at once. So I encourage people to, you know, for little, for tips and tricks, I say buy my book or go to my YouTube channel and my, uh, my website has a weekly blog um, those are really the e- most accessible ways. I do also offer one-on-one consulting, which is um, I'm a, I book up quite ad- advanced in that, uh, you know, three, two or three quarters ahead. But I do um, I love working one-on-one with either clients or corporations. It has to be a good fit for both of us. I also do offer an online course, which uh, is my four-step um, organizing process, and that can be done whenever anybody likes in the comfort of their home. So those are the main ways that, um, that that I can work with people. That's great. So when you do the one-on-one coaching, do you, for example, go to their city, or how 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 has that worked in the past? Yeah, it it um it really depends on the size of the, the project, what the, the client's looking to get out of it. If it's a big corporation and it's a larger project, I would likely have to travel there. I try right. to avoid tra- traveling too much because I find you know a lot of one-on-ones can be done first, even over Skype or absolutely. FaceTime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try and make sure we can have kind of a conversation. We talk about exercises and things, but there's a lot we can do remotely. And again, it depends on, on the client's needs. Okay. That's, I think that's really cool. What do you enjoy the most, Jane, out of everything you're doing right now? What's bringing you the most personal happiness? <laughs> Really, when people, uh, you know, tell me they've organized something or your junk drawer story, I, I, I told you before, it just warmed my heart because these stories, if you can, if I can just inspire anyone to get a little bit more organized, that's what, um, that's what makes me happy. You know, and I think too uh, that staying or becoming organized is a lifestyle and a way of living mm-hmm. because we're constantly, you know, accumulating, getting new mail, getting new things and that it sounds like to me what you're teaching and encouraging us is to develop a system so that we can ongoingly feel like we're staying on top of things yeah and my, my mantra is organizing is a lifestyle but it's not a one-size-fits-all and it yeah, should be like incorporated that. in yeah into your routine so you don't even feel like you're organizing and I also especially I, I organize I always use that word lifestyle because it doesn't have to be magazine perfect and I don't want to organize your home to make it look like you can put it in Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it that's not sustainable and it's maybe that doesn't maybe that it, you waste more time doing that than if you had an efficient system for yourself or for your lifestyle. You know, and that is something in your book that people feeling uh the need to be so perfect like my home needs to be picture perfect. Can you speak to those listeners right now to help maybe relieve them of that self-imposed stress? Yeah, it, it is. And a lot of times when I get, um, you know, media reaching out to me, they want like perfect photos. And, and, mm. and I'm like, you know, you know what? I don't have that because I don't take, you know, often it's very, I don't organize for that, that magazine perfect. I organize to help that person. And a lot of times we put so much stress on the perfection of it 
But really, it's not organizing isn't supposed to be like that. Organizing is just supposed to make you increase your efficiency, make you less stressed and overall happier, not to make your house into a showroom. You know, and that that's causing me to think to ask you, how do you work with people with children? Because it's one thing if it's adults in the house, I imagine it might be easier to keep things organized. How do you work with people with families and kids that might be, you know, strewing things through the house? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have kids yet myself, but, um, you know, I always give the similar advice too. And if you can involve them in somehow, some way, and, you know, the research that I've done says that at age six years old, they start to either become organized or disorganized. And that's, and, but we can take steps to kind of already um, help with their development on the organizational side. So, you know, small things from putting hooks at their level and making and putting a label on it so they can hang things and, and perhaps read in their name on there. To you know, colored boxes where they're they can put their toys in or some, oh, some like kind of that. system for them. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, like a, it's, it's you first. No, you first. Oh, I'll say. I was gonna say again, it's it's on depending on you know the number of kids, what the challenges are. But those are just quick tips that I'm throwing out there. I, I like that. I think it's fun. The colored boxes. I think that would even draw a child to some cool mm-hmm, colored exactly. box they know is theirs. It could it could almost make it fun and enjoyable instead of feeling exactly. like a chore exactly and organizing should be fun yeah you talk about that too I noticed there were some cool you in some one of your houses have like a leather box that you put things in like cool things to use as containers that we might not typically think of to use to make it beautiful and practical yeah exactly I always say um, you know a lot of things that we have in our home we can use for organizing containers and things so we don't need to just go Organizing does not mean you have to run to Ikea. <laughs> you it, right, you right. might have a lot of things in, in your home already yeah. that can be repurposed. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is there a question that you're asked more frequently than, than other times as you, as you work with people? Like an issue or yeah. presenting that you hear? The, big, a lot. the biggest issue is the one you've, um, you've, you've touched on at the beginning of our call is that everybody feels very overwhelmed on where to start. Mm. So that's one that I really, um, I mentioned before too, I say start small, tackle the biggest uh, hurdle and start, you know, 10 minutes a day and chip away at it until you, like you said, you become to feel, you feel better and then you'll want to keep going with it. But it shouldn't be a totally daunting task. I don't want to scare anyone away from organizing. I'd rather say start small, incorporate it into your life. And if you can make it fun somehow, you'll, you'll enjoy it and want to keep doing it. I like that. And I, you know, I also like the pictures that are in your book and somehow you made it really easy to learn how to fold a fitted sheet (laughs) in a way that like my eyes have glazed over in the past and I lose interest, but somehow it was so concise and easy that I'm going to begin doing that. I have not before. Yeah. And I actually, I think two weeks ago with my video on YouTube was about folding a fitted sheet and it's just funny how uh, I really, it's an, it's, to me, it's easy now because I've done it for so long that way, but I've shared it. You know, my mom even was surprised by it and, and a lot of my friends, but it's it's nice to have those sheets not wrinkled and easy to grab and, and folded, organized. So it's um, it shouldn't take a lot. It's under a minute, I say, and you, you can have a nicely folded fitted sheet. Yeah, it looks so much better that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also preserves the sheet. It doesn't get wrinkly, so it um, you can you can preserve its lifetime. 
you know, I'm I'm thinking that when I was growing up, my mom was a stickler that I had to make the bed and she was very militant about it, like checking it, made sure my bed was the sheets were put on a certain way. And in my early adulthood, I totally revolted and did not make my bed <laughs> for the longest time. And then now somehow I've come back to well, Lisa, you're not hurting your mom. She doesn't care now, you know, like make your yeah. damn bed. Like it just feels yeah. good. And um, is there ever a day? I feel like I'd ask Martha Stewart this too. Do you ever not make your bed, Jane? Or is it just such a part of your routine? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is putting me on the spot because I do follow you don't have Tim to... Ferriss. You don't... I do follow yeah. If anybody uh, knows Tim Ferriss, he's one yes. of his um, morning rituals is make your bed because it's one of, it, you, you've accomplished a goal for a day. Yeah, you know what? I'd say ninety nine percent of the time I do, but you know what? There's the odd time life gets in the way, and that's okay too. You know, I've read similar thing with Tim Ferriss and um, oh, so many like thought leaders and people that really mm-hmm. believe in starting your day with that simple act, and yep. um, so I do that now as well. It doesn't take long at all. Yep, and you've accomplished something, and that's why I say the next thing you see is the closet, and that's where your efficiency is already kind of either lost or gained. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jane, is there anything else that our listeners should know about, about you and your work, what you have coming up in the future? Is there a book signing? What kind of things might be? Yes, I'm actually going to be in um, L.A. in the Palm Desert area the first week of May. So I'll be at the Barnes & Noble in um, Palm Springs. Okay. In, I believe at the date, I'm just looking at my calendar now. So it's uh, it's going to be just a, a book signing one to four. And it'll be on Saturday, May 4th. Wonderful. And then in LA, yeah, in LA, I'm going to be the day before in, on Good Morning La La Land, which is a live streaming TV show. And that'll be Friday, May 3rd at 9 a.m. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'll be close to your kind of one of your houses. (laughs) You will be. You will be. You know, I've enjoyed having you as my guest today, and I really enjoyed your book. Thank you for getting me to organize some things I haven't touched in years. Yeah, well, I um, that makes me so happy because again, I just want to inspire and and show people that organizing can be not a daunting task, but can really make them happier, healthier, and and more productive. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm glad you do. So thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. I hope you have a great rest of your day and really successful uh, time with your second book coming out. Let me know so I can yes. have you back on. Yes, I will for sure. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. That concludes my show today with Jane Stoller. You can get her book, Organizing for Your Lifestyle, and read more about what she offers at organizedjane.com. I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you so much. I took a break last week to get settled back in New Orleans from Los Angeles, and I look forward to being back on next week with another live guest. So much love to you, and keep reaching out to me, lisa at nolatherapy.com. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only.